Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, host of Bachelor Nation News. It's a Tuesday, folks. It's the afternoon, and we've got all your content October 24th, 2023. Shall we dive into it? Let's get it started. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. content in one place you know me we are just crushing it out here with the podcast it is our one year anniversary this week can you believe it no clue whatsoever that this podcast would take off the way that it has featured in washington post featured in time magazine for f sake all because of you guys tuning in i gave it a one month trial i didn't tell you but when i started this podcast i said if this thing doesn't make sense by the end of the month it's done well the people have spoken thank you guys so much for continuing to make us a destination for your afternoon drive home hope that you had a fantastic tuesday it's no longer monday and it's not quite thursday a lot of time left in the week to motivate, to make money, and to mansplain to you all of the entertainment. All right, well, Clayton Eckert is in the news. He is supposed to be going to court today for his order of protection. It's one of those, I believe, and again, this is just from my own recollection, so don't take this uh, with a uh, with uh, you know solid concrete reporting here, but I believe he's got a order of protection against her, her being this lady that he had a fling with. And she's got an order of protection against him. And this is one of those like parental moments where like both kids are saying, no, Timmy started it. No, Billy started it. And then it's like, all right, well, show me your evidence of who started it. And this judge is going to finish it. Uh, Part of what has made a lot of these proceedings difficult to cover is the fact that there have been attempts to have them sealed. And because, you know, in some cases when there's domestic disputes or issues of defamation or protective orders, especially involving somebody uh, that is a personality as far as um, the public is concerned, uh, sometimes there is an attempt to seal the documents, to make them private. Well, in this case, we're going to have to see if the judge does that or if the judge says, you know what, this evidence that is presented needs to be shown to the public so that they can formulate an opinion of the matter. If that's the case, then we are going to share that evidence as it is being made public. It would be fantastic for all of us involved for said evidence to become public because then any sort of threats of lawsuits can be met with, no, 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 I'm just sharing public information. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be very helpful. Well, the story gets a funny and bizarre and actually kind of sad twist. I received an email 12 days ago from somebody by the name of Chase J. Jones. I'm sharing their name because they have since gone public, quasi-public, I should say. I've got a full YouTube video on the matter, but the long and the short of it is that they wrote an article that they sent to a press uh, release, you know, probably sent it to Us Weekly and Post and all these other places. And the article is intended to cancel Clayton. Why would I believe that the article is intended to cancel Clayton? Well, because the final paragraph says in bold, this is demonstrably wrong and Clayton Eckerd deserves to be canceled. The idea behind the canceling from this 
journalist is the title being former bachelor Clayton Eckert has an N-word problem. Now, it is above my pay grade to discuss the moral fiber of N-word, and and uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that that word shouldn't be used by white people. I think that's a fair place we can all start from. Well, he didn't use the N-word. He danced to a song on TikTok by 3-6 Mafia that had the N-word in its entirety in the song. So this whole article is written by somebody claiming to want just Justice uh, for uh, you know uh, the flippant use of in and 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 by use they they sort of incorporate dancing to an endorsement of that word, which is probably a very dangerous place to be at because you know I wouldn't be allowed at the nightclub any longer uh, because I wouldn't be caught dead on a dance floor if it is now illegal to be in the proximity of that word being used. I agree. That, you know, while freedom of speech exists, there is consequence to using words. And if he was to be using that word flippantly, we would be having a different conversation. One of which several years ago, Hannah Brown had to pay the price for using the N-word in a song lyric she sang to on her Instagram right? She's talked about it, I believe, in her book. And I know firsthand she's talked about it because I interviewed her live um, in front of a studio audience where she discussed the regret for using that word. So that's a different conversation. Now, the journalist has published on Medium, which is a blog, this article, and that's why we're sharing it now. I never made a story about it because I felt like the motivation of this journalist was purely to smear Clayton and not for whatever social justice they were looking for. They claim to be a second-year journalism major at Howard University, which is a historically black university. Uh, To think that this could possibly be a non-black person claiming to be black in order to use a racial issue, one of which is at the root and in the bloodstream of our country's identity, to use that issue against somebody for a gain of smearing their character and not for the actual social uh, issues at hand would be beyond damaging. I have no proof of who this journalist is. All I know is I emailed them back, as you do when you try to vet somebody, and I said, can we get on a FaceTime call? Just so I know who you are. I don't need to reveal your identity, even though they never asked to be anonymous. And then they responded and said, sure. And then I followed up and no response. And I followed up and no response. They have emailed Reality Steve and me. They have emailed a bunch of other people. They've emailed people not in the Bachelor world. They've uh, Apparently, this email has been blasted on lots of different press release uh, forums. You know, this is how you get an article out. If Brad Pitt donated $10 million to a charity and that charity wanted an article written, their PR people would write a press release. Brad Pitt donates $10 million to charity and they would send it to all of the pertinent places that might print that article. That's how public relations works. That's how press releases work. But here we just don't have the motivation down. So I continued my due diligence and I emailed several professors at Howard University, the historically black university. I've yet to receive a response, but make sure it is known that this is on the record. I will be responding to you guys with whatever they say. Chances are they can't tell me whether or not this person exists. Chances are it's a pseudonym. But if there was any way to tie this person who wrote this article back to other people that are in cases with Clayton Eckerd, you could imagine this would be uh, very, very frowned upon in the court of public opinion to think that someone would go to the extents of using what is a tragic and historic uh, fact that this uh, use of the word has been used 
of course, in the past to really diminish and devalue, dehumanize people. Uh, if that word and the idea of Clayton dancing to that word is being used to further someone's personal agenda, mark my words, they will pay the price. They will pay the price. Uh, I would hope that the professors at Howard University, when it was laid out to them that we might have someone who's uh, claiming to be a student of theirs, uh, you know, when 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 that uh, email finds its way to those professors and it's already been sent, my hope is is that they take it seriously and want to get down to the bottom of this as well. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just you know don't respond and say you know what this isn't our problem blah blah blah. But anyway, I wanted to bring it to you guys because it's very fascinating. In less fascinating conversations, we're going to get into Caitlin Bristow next. Well, I guess the other thing I should mention with the Clayton Eckerd uh, story here is that Chase J. Jones, while may or may not be a real person, they have joined, and maybe they are, maybe they are a real person by all means. I'm just telling you they have not vetted themselves to me, and I think it's fair if I'm going to print an article where someone has such a strong opinion, I think it's fair that they vet themselves. You know, that can, that can happen in many ways. They can send me a video saying, hi, I'm Chase J. Jones, and here's my student ID. They could just send me a, you know what I mean? There could be plenty of identifiable ways for them to let me know who they are. It doesn't mean I share that. It just means behind the scenes, I can put my name on a story and say, this is from so-and-so. Well, Chase J. Jones is a member of our Patreon they joined our Patreon this month. If anyone else wants to join the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Because of some of the threats of lawsuits and cease and desist, um, I've taken down 19 plus videos. I only make three videos a day. So if you can imagine, I took down essentially close to two weeks worth of work um, because of all of the um, ongoing uh, uh, threats of litigation. So because that... YouTube channel, which is my main source of revenue, is taking a little bit of a hit. A lot of folks have decided to come support me on Patreon, and I appreciate that. You don't have to. Everything's free. Everything you get here is free, but if you want to, you can go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal, and Chase J. Jones did just that. So it's important that I know that this person is within our community, so that way if they're, I don't know, acquiring any information against me, they're not going to get it from me on Patreon. I'm going to be extra cautious to make sure that we play within in the lines here of legal conversation. Let's change this topic to something a little more light. Here's Caitlin Bristow at the airport. I'm the actual worst when it comes to getting to the airport at the right time. I My flight is at 7.20 and it's like, what time is it right now? I don't know, 6.40. And I'm just like, do do do, just getting here. All right, so Caitlin, you got a lot of stresses in life, but the fact that you have a 7.20 a.m. flight and you're arriving at 6.40, does this not freak anyone else out? If I had a 7.20 a.m. flight, I'm arriving at 5.20. That's what, if it's domestic, I, I am a rule stickler, not because for anything on their end, I would just rather not be rushed. What's the point, the benefit of being late? I mean, look, I am, not to brag here, I am a member of, um, What are we uh, clear? What are we, honey? I'm global entry. Okay. We're, I, she laughed at me. I'm global entry. You know, I, I signed the paperwork. I've got, I'm verified. They probably scanned my retinas. They, you know, uh, they pinched my love handles. I don't know, whatever they do, they made sure that I am a legit human. And I walk through that global, en- although I'll tell you what, global entry, 
is wildly congested. I have to say that it sucks when you join Global Entry and you're like, all right, I'm just going to walk onto the flight. And then it's like, no, no, no. Everyone joined Global Entry. Now we need a, a planetary entry, uh, which is on top of the Global Entry. And then everyone's going to join the planetary entry. And then it's going to be the Galaxy Group. And then you're going to, okay, so you get the point. Either way, traveling and security is miserable. So the fact that she arrives 40 minutes before a flight is impressive. And I, I just don't need the extra gray hairs. I don't. Anyway, in other uh, news here on the uh, airlines, Alaska airline pilots share the audio detail of an attempted takedown. They say they've got a guy going overboard. Uh, this is the audio of what appears to be a pilot, an off-duty pilot, who tried to turn the engines off the airplane. The recording starts not long after 44-year-old Alaska Airlines pilot Joseph Emerson allegedly tried to shut off the engines on board the Horizon, Horizon Airlines jet. Emerson was traveling in a jump seat in the cockpit as a courtesy. This same company manages Horizon and Alaska Airlines. So apparently, if you're a pilot, you can just travel in one of those shitty seats and, you know, get from where you need to go. But maybe, maybe this rule will change here. And oh, look, maybe Joseph Emerson was just trying to save money on gas. Maybe he was trying to ride the jet stream. We don't really know. Here's the audio uh, TMZ has obtained of them reporting this incident. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit, um, and he doesn't sound like he's causing any issue on the back right now. I, I think he's the dude. Other than that, uh, yeah, we want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and park. The threat is now in the back of the airplane, uh, so we're, we're reduced on the threat level. Uh, I'm, I, we're going to check in with the flight attendant to make sure everything is running smoothly, but it seems like he's settled down as soon as he... Uh, after one moment of going uh, a little bit overboard, uh, we put him back. So it escalated to a four. Uh, he's out of the cockpit now. He's uh, handcuffed and he's in a half back jump seat when law enforcement arrives. And uh, right now he's uh, staying calm. All right. Well, good to know he's staying calm. So they say it escalated to a four, which is the highest level, uh, the highest significant breach of the cockpit. As reported, Emerson was arrested and booked Monday on 83 counts of attempted murder for each person aboard the flight. So could it have been a guy just trying to do a murder-suicide? Maybe. 83 counts of reckless endangerment and endangering an aircraft. The flight was bound from Everett, Washington to San Francisco. I believe Everett, Washington. Isn't that where Katie Thurston's from? The uh, old F-girl herself. Cops say he tried taking the plane down by pulling levers that would have initiated an emergency shutdown of the engine, but the captain and first officer were able to stop him. How wild of a story. Look, flying already sucks enough. We don't need pilots trying to take things down. Although I have to tell you, does anyone do this? When I'm flying in an airplane, a lot of times I'll look around to see who might be a, um, what do they call it? Air marshal. Now, I'm assuming with 83 passengers on a flight that there was no air marshal on the flight. I don't think they had used that many air marshals, but they are essentially closed 
police officers, clo- I should say, uh, 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 civilian, uh, what, what would you say? They're, they're in disguise, right? There are uh, police officers that uh, sit on the airplanes and they're there to police things if shit goes down. Well, here's what's crazy is normally because of 9-11, aren't there these laws that the cockpit has to be locked? But in this case, the pilot was in the cockpit, which is just horrifying and scary. But good to see there was a positive outcome to this story. All right, we covered Bachelor in Paradise. Of course, it's on Thursdays now. But what what fell through the cracks, and that's why I think you guys check out my podcast, is we piece it all together because there's so much content to get to. But what fell through the cracks is Sean McLaughlin discussing his dramatic split from Rachel Recchia and if he regrets how he handled his interest in Jess. Of course, we know he told Rachel Recchia, hey, I would pursue Jess, but I know you like me, so I don't want to do that. Then he pursued Jess, and Jess wasn't into him, and now he's kind of uh, left, uh, what do they call him, uh, on the uh, 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 shit out of luck. Here's what he had to say with Grocery Store Joe and Serena on the podcast Bachelor Happy Hour. I feel like you're the kind of guy that's like you don't want a gray answer like you want a yes or no and if you're not sure if she's into you like when it comes to like if someone's like into you or interested or not like and I feel like yeah. you kind of threw it out there at the true circle and like you didn't get like a hard yes hard no and I feel like you were like looking in that conversation like do I have a chance with you or not <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes it easier uh just in relationships in general when it's pretty clear uh but yeah I would love to know like where I stand with people. Um, obviously we found out, I guess, where I stood with her. I wish she would have told me a little bit clearer, but uh, How do you yeah, feel like I, the convo went? Like at the end, were you like, okay, I'm glad I had that moving on? Like what was your feeling leaving the conversation? Uh, I remember feeling leaving the conversation like, what the fuck did we just talk about, honestly? Um, but I think it gave me clarity in one way. It wasn't more necessarily with her words, but more with just like the feeling I had leaving there. Um, so I, it was a helpful conversation for me. I don't know if we accomplished much, to be honest with you. I don't know. But well, kind of uh, yeah. mean, I mean, it, I mean, essentially it, it, it leads to your demise because then we see everything that goes on with Rachel. So was that getting that clarity worth it? Or do you kind of wish you just would have just waited? Um, I mean, I think for me, truthfully, it was one of those things I had to figure that out. Like I had to go in and have that conversation. And at the end of the day, if me and Rachel weren't going to like make it past that, um, we probably wouldn't have lasted and, and may have found some different people the next week. It was never for me. Like I, I truly did want to find somebody. Um, so like going into that conversation was, was very, very helpful. Like, hey, like what are my options here? Who do I like? Who am I vibing with? I'm sorry. I have to cut it short for your own sanity. I find this so uninteresting. If you want to go watch the full clip, go to Bachelor Nation on YouTube and check it out. Of course, yesterday we made a video sharing how Sean said he would rather be blind and or deaf than listen to Olivia speak, which again, uh, maybe I'm missing his sense of humor, but I'm struggling to find a variety of Sean that comes off well following his stint here on Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. All right. Well, we've got fan favorites we can discuss. Let's get over to them. 
Abigail was asked in a Q&A how the wedding planning is going. Of course, she recently got engaged to Noah. She said, we have not touched wedding planning one bit, LOL. I think it's a mixture of wanting to enjoy our engagement season as we're not in a rush and trying not to take on too much right now. And to be honest, I'm kind of dreading having to plan a wedding. Haha. <laughs> Obviously, I'm so excited to marry my person and celebrate with our family and friends. But can we just get to that day without any planning and wedding prices are absurd? Don't even get me started. We both would much rather put that money towards our future future house. So that's where we're at right now. Look, as somebody who understands anyone who's planned a wedding knows it is a challenge and resist resistance is met with those challenges because you know, everybody's out to get you. Everyone, the wedding industrial complex is insane. Oh, you need a cake? $400. What? It's for a wedding? $600. Why? Well, you got to use white icing. You got to buy the $2 Amazon bride and groom decals. You know what I mean? They see dollar signs. So of course, and also the comparison that they'll have to make to all of these ridiculous weddings like Hannah Godwin's at the French Chateau. I mean, you've got some ridiculous weddings out there. And to be honest, uh, Noah and Abigail come from the side of influencing that's less profitable than people that might have been in it three, four, five years ago. This is, And by the way, this is what makes it so wild that Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik never got hitched is that even as comp complicated as wedding planning is, when you've got a bigger audience and a bigger following, you know you're going to make money off of it. I mean, look at like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Maddie Pruitt's wedding. I mean, she had like 25 different sponsors at that wedding. Everything was sponsored. It doesn't mean it was free, but there were for sure are deals that are done when you get married as a quasi-celebrity or influencer. But Noah, Abigail, probably not at that tipping point of size where they could monetize the wedding. And look, I mean, for me, when we got married, we didn't have any sponsors, but I did try to offer extra bonus content to the Patreon community as a way to say, look, I can't give this out for free, but if you want to donate to the page, by all means, I'd appreciate that. So I understand, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I understand how complicated that process can be. If you're both willing to just do a small private thing, I say go for it. If you want something a little bit more picturesque, I mean, at some point, you know, it's like, you know, with the pandemic, there were so many people that were trying to get married that had postponed. So when we wanted to get married, it was it was wild trying to get the right date and time and all that. Uh, not an easy process whatsoever. So my heart goes out to you out there. All right. You guys want some Taylor Swift news? That's next. F-Boy host uh, comedian Nikki Glaser is a mega Swifty. This is on TMZ. Coughed up $25,000 for Era's tour tickets. That's pretty wild. Let's hear what she has to say about getting those tickets. Well, speaking of music, this is insane, and I love you for this. I heard that you spent... 25 grand on Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, for, okay, yes, I did. I just want to say that it was a conscious decision because I, <laughs> I, okay, so I, make them I went, uh, well, okay, I went to, I've been to nine Eras tour shows this year. Yeah. Like, when I'm not on tour, I just, like, go to her tour. It just, like, fills my life up with so much joy. I'm That's in my late beautiful. 30s. I'm in my latest 30, and I just feel like <laughs> I don't have kids, and I kind of did the math, and I'm like, if I had kids, I'd be paying for like dance camp and swim lessons. Like, kids are expensive. I should just yeah. use all this money. And I was gonna freeze my eggs in January, and yeah. that's like about how much it costs. And then I just decided um, not to freeze them. I decided to burn them. 
a new thing they're offering. It's really so you saved a lot of money. Yeah, so yes. exactly. So I was it like, is you know what? I'm going to take that chunk of money that I was going to use to do that, and I'm just going to like have a really fun summer. So I went buck wild. Yeah. All right, there it is. Comedian Nikki Glaser goes buck wild. So she hosts F-Boy Island, and last night was the second week and third episode of F-Boy Island, in part starring Katie Thurston and the other uh, ladies and the group of men that are both nice guys and F-Boys. Look, there really isn't much to report as far as recap go, other than it's a fun show. Some people online have said, why does F-Boy seem like it's shot better than uh, The Bachelor? And I, I thought it was an interesting comment a commenter made that The Bachelor is shot with a soft focus. So have you ever seen a show, uh, the show Nashville used to do this, where they do a flashback and they'll show a previous version of the actors. And a lot of times when they do a flashback, they'll use a very soft focus. It's very much like the cover art of a romance novel. It's very uh, overly saturated or, or overly exposed and bright lights and smooth focus. And they'll do it in TV shows as flashbacks to sort of show the that these actors were younger because it's, it's easier to hide blemishes. But also The Bachelor does this as sort of an antiquated way of storytelling where they're trying to show the audience like, oh, this is romantic and lovely. F-Boy Island doesn't do that. Uh, if uh, if Bachelor is soft-focused, uh, uh, F-Boy Island is hard-focused. It's just more real. It feels more real and more cinema cinemagraphic, if that's uh, the right word to use. And that's kind of the difference between the two. Now, F-Boy Island, it's only in its third episode. They released new men to the episode three. They brought men that were on the previous seasons, one of which is named Benedict. And he's like the new hunk. He's considered a nice boy, but he's strong and good-looking. He's got the job, a Greek god, and that's the guy that Katie decided to go on a date with. So they hit it off well. Um, as far as who was kicked off, it's still so early in the season. A couple F-boys and one nice guy were kicked off. You don't get to know if they're an F-boy or a nice guy until they leave or until they offer that information up. So usually uh, the ladies will each kick one guy off, and then after, the guy will reveal if they're an F-boy. And if they're an F-boy, that means that they weren't there for the right reasons, and it's kind of looked at a good thing that they were kicked off. But again, the difference between F-boy and nice guy is a very minimal... I mean, some of these nice guys are just F-boys. It's basically, they decide before going into it, if they want to be an F-boy, that means that if they quote-unquote win, they'll get all the money, which just shows that they are not there for the other person. Whereas if they're a nice guy, they're willing to split the money. So the the premise is a little you know shaky on who's who, because I think everyone can be an F-boy or a nice guy depending on their motivation in that moment. But either way... It's still an interesting show, and we had other content to get into, but I think we're kind of out of time for today, so let's. why don't we call it on that? I was going to show some other stories that were non-Bachelor related, but we had so much to get into. I have to keep you guys updated on the Clayton story. We might have a big episode tomorrow where we know more information. I'll let you guys know that info as it comes to me. I'm just going to have to be as careful as possible to report the news and stay out of trouble, even though I do not admit to doing any wrongdoings. But if you want to support me and my journalistic integrity on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal. If you can't afford to do so or don't want to, but do want to support us over here, just give us a five-star review on the podcast, share it with your friends and help promote it. And it's always appreciated. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. As always, I'm Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.